0: This program is made possible by the giving of the God-Called Partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm
1: standing in front of the Russian Winter Palace, in front of a staircase that was renamed the October Staircase. On October the 25th, revolutionaries tried to penetrate the Winter Palace through the main gate of the palace about 9 o'clock in the evening, but they were stopped. Finally, bombing began from the other side of the palace against the facade and all the guards inside the palace relocated to the other side of the palace to defend it against the bombing. When they moved to the other side, this side suddenly was wide open for penetration. And that evening, close to two o'clock in the morning, revolutionaries entered the palace through this gate. Previous to that, it was called Her Majesty's Staircase because it had been used by several Russian queens. But that night, it became the legendary October staircase when revolutionaries entered into the palace. And as they went up the steps, immediately they came into the White Hall. Those revolutionaries must have been stunned by the rooms they saw inside the palace. Then they began to wander into various private rooms of their apartments. They wandered into the gold room, a room that was adorned with 11 pounds of gold. From there, they wandered into the boudoir, into the music room, and finally down the long tapestry hallway that eventually led them into the magnificent Malachite Room. And attached to the Malachite Room was the white dining room where 17 members of the provisional government were meeting that night. They actually began their meeting in the Malachite Room. But when the bombing began, They left the Malachi room and moved into the attached white dining room, and that's where they were sitting and meeting when the revolutionaries entered and arrested them. And that very night, they were sent to the Peter and Paul fortress, where they were imprisoned. And the Russian Civil War was launched that night. When we read James, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, It talks about the negative effects of bitterness, envy, strife. These are relationship killers. They are nation killers. When you see it in politics, it is so ugly. When you see it in relationships, it is so destructive. But my friend, if we will listen to the Holy Spirit and obey the Bible, we can overcome strife. You have to remember that strife is a killer, but you can keep it out of your life. You have to pay attention and make sure that you're guarding yourself on every front. But if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit and obey the scriptures, you can keep strife out of your life and avoid a lot of trouble. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today.
0: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick
1: Renner. And as I told you in the introduction, today we're going to be looking at strife and how to overcome strife. It's going to be so good today, but it's just a piece of a whole series that is called overcoming strife and i want you to order this by going online or by giving us a call right now it's five parts friends all of us have to deal with strifeful moments in our life and you're going to find out today there is a demonic source to strife and if you don't close the door to strife all kinds of trouble will come through that door into your life into your mind into your emotions into your relationships wow it is so troubling when strife comes on the scene. But you can close the door. You can overcome it. And that's why I want you to order this entire series, which comes with a study guide. You can read it while you see it and hear it and really get this teaching down deep inside you. And right now we're also offering you my book. It's a short read, but it is a good read called You Can Get Over It. You know, sometimes people say, I don't want to read that book. Sounds painful. This is the book you need to read. If you've had trouble in a relationship or if you've harbored an offense and it seems you've become imprisoned by something that has happened to you, you can't get over it. The subtitle says how to confront, forgive and move on. I know that moving on is what you want to do. And this book was written to help you let it all go so you can move on and get along in life. This book will be a blessing to you. And you ought to order two because this is definitely a book you're going to want to share with somebody else. And when you become a partner with our ministry, we send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone. And we send you Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always send these two books to anyone that becomes a partner with our ministry. And when you become a partner, Right from where you are, you make a difference in someone else's life. And you can become a partner today by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that right now on our website at a very special discount, we're offering you our brand new autobiography, which is called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the earth. But reach for your Bible, and today we're going to return to James chapter 3. You know, sometimes when people are in a moment of anger, they say, I've just got to get this out of my heart. I just have to say this. Well, saying everything you feel and everything you speak is not always wise. In fact, we're told in Proverbs 21:23 that if you'll control your tongue, you'll deliver yourself from a lot of trouble. We're told in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 7, there's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. And when you're upset, it's not always the right moment to speak. And today I want to show you that sometimes strife has its origin in demonic. Activity. I want to show this to you today, beginning in James chapter 3, verse 14, where James says, But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. Let's dissect this verse because it is so loaded with revelation for you and for me. But in this verse, James says, If you have bitter envy, let's look at these words. The word bitter is is the Greek word pikria. It is a terrible word. This word bitter, the Greek word pikria, denotes an inner bitterness or attitude towards someone or toward a group or toward a situation. It is an inner poison that causes one to eventually become unkind, sour, sharp, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and even wounding. That's what this word bitter means, the Greek word pikria. The word envying is a translation of the Greek word zealous, which depicts a person who is so driven to see his own agenda adopted that he's become competitive. It denotes one who is upset because someone else has achieved more or received more than him. It depicts one who is jealous, envious, resentful, and filled with ill will for the one who got more than he got. One who is irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, and fuming, or one who is incensed. These are really strong words. And James says, if you have bitter envy and strife, in your hearts. The word strife is the Greek word aretheia. The word aretheia was the old Greek word to describe a political party or a party spirit. We find it used just like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 where we find there was strife and there were divisions in the church that was at Corinth. The word aretheia is also used there to describe the church being divided, filled with strife, It had divided up into different parties, different groups, and now they were fighting each other, and all of this was happening right inside the church. But this word strife, the Greek word erothea, describes a political party, or it is often translated as a party spirit because of its connection to political systems and political parties. But listen to this. It pictures individuals or groups of people who push their agenda and ideas fighting fiercely to see their platform accepted. It pictures self-seeking ambition that is more concerned about itself and the fulfillment of its own wants, desires, and pleasures than it is in meeting the needs of others. This word strife, the Greek word erothea, pictures one so bent on getting what he wants that he's willing to do anything say anything. Remember, the tongue is the release of strife. He's willing to do anything, say anything, and sacrifice any standard rule or relationship to achieve his objective. It pictures a selfish, self-focused attitude that is engrossed with his own desires and ambitions, one so self-consumed that he is blinded to the needs and desires of others, or it even pictures a person that is jockeying for some kind of position. And what is really interesting in this verse is James says, strife is in your hearts, which means this is a heart issue. Sometimes people say, I've just got to say this, get it off my mind. I've got to get it out of my heart. My friend's We've already seen in yesterday's program, the tongue releases the fires of hell. And if you have strife in your heart, keep your mouth shut because it releases disastrous effects. In fact, James says, glory not and lie not against the truth. When he says glory not, it describes a over-exalting at the expense of another or actions that exalt one and downgrade another. If you find that your tongue is wanting to exalt yourself and your own position and your own ideas and humiliate someone else, you're operating in a wrong spirit. In fact, James says, lie not against the truth. That word lie, the Greek word sadomai, Pictures one who walks in a pretense that is untrue, one who intentionally misrepresents facts or truths. Usually people who are feeling these things say, I just believe that I'm right. And then they begin to slaughter someone else. James says, lie not against the truth. This is not right. Nothing about this is right. It's not coming from a right source. Then he says in verse 15, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly sensuous, and devilish. First of all, he says, this wisdom descendeth not. Descendeth is the Greek word kat erkomai. It really means it does not come down. And here it means it does not come from a heavenly source. He says, instead, it is Earthly. The word earthly is the Greek word epigeus. The word epi means upon. The word geos is from the word geus, the word for the earth. You compound the two words together. It means it's from a low level earthly realm. It's right from the face of the earth. Nothing about this behavior or this attitude is heavenly. This is as earthly as it can be. And then he says, sensual. The word sensual, the Greek word sukikas. The word sukikas means soulish. This is not spiritual activity. This is pure soul activity, which includes manipulation. And then he adds, it is devilish. The word devilish, the Greek word daimoniodes. Wow. This word devilish, the Greek word daimoniodes, means it is demonic, it is demon-like, it is influenced by demons. This word devilish, the Greek word daimoniodes, is normally translated demonized, demonized. It depicts a person whose mind or emotions have come under the influence of demon spirits. And when you put it all together, James is actually telling his readers, when a person behaves like this, it is obvious that his soul has come under the influence of demonic activity. This is not heavenly behavior. Then he tells us in verse 16, for where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. The word envying, again, the Greek word zealous. I'm going to read to you again what it means because I want you to really understand what's being said in these verses. This word envying, the Greek word zealous, depicts a self-consumed person, who is so bent on getting his own way that he's driven to see his agenda adopted. One who is competitive, he's upset because someone else has achieved more or received more than him. One who is jealous, envious, resentful, and filled with ill will. One that is irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, and fuming or even incensed. That's what that word envying means. And the word strife, again, is the Greek word "eritheia," which depicts a party spirit. In other words, you're willing to divide and to gather in different groups. You take your position. I'm going to take mine. I'm going to do everything I can to fight and see that my agenda is adapted and implemented. And they're willing to fight over it. Wow. One so self-consumed by himself and his own agenda that he's blinded to the desires or the needs of others and he's jockeying for some kind of win or some kind of a position. And James says, for where these things are, where envying and strife is, there is confusion. The word confusion is the Greek word for anarchy, anarchy. This brings anarchy into homes, anarchy into churches, anarchy into churches, anarchy into nations, anarchy into relationships. And this word, confusion, is the very Greek word that was used to describe plants that were thorny. If you get near them, you're going to be cut, you're going to be hurt. And he's saying you can become entrapped in these thorny, thorny conversations that produce anarchy in you and in your relationships. And he says it results in every evil work toward evil is the Greek word phallos. It's where we get the word for that which is foul or that which is stinking. The RIV of James 3.14 is this. If you have an inner attitude so bitter that you're unkind, sour, sharp, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and wounding of others. And if you're driven to see your view or agenda adopted at the expense of others, even being irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed, provoked, fuming, or incensed, and so filled with strife inside your heart that you're blinded to the desires or needs of others and are jockeying for an advantage, even if it is to the disadvantage of others, then you must stop these actions and attitude that are being carried out at the expense of others and quit projecting yourself as doing it all with right motives because it's just not true. Verse 15, this is emphatically not the wisdom that comes down from heaven but on the contrary, it is emphatically from a low-level earthly realm. It is pure soulish activity. And anyone who's thinking and behaving is like this has clearly come under the influence of demonic activity. Verse 16, for where people have bitter attitudes that makes them unkind, sour, sharp, sarcastic, scornful, cynical, mocking, contemptuous, and wounding of others, And when they're driven to see their view or agenda adopted at the expense of others and they're irritated, infuriated, irate, annoyed and provoked, fuming and incensed with others and so blinded to the needs and desires of others that they're jockeying for some kind of advantage even at the disadvantage of others, it results in anarchy and every stinking work. That's a literal translation of these verses. But then when you come to verse 17, James continues and he says, But the wisdom that is from above, here again we find the Greek word kat erkomai. the wisdom that is descending from above, from above in Greek means from a heavenly realm, or here we find real heavenly behavior, is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. But notice he says it is first pure. The word first in Greek is the word proton. It means first and foremost, it is pure. The word pure being the Greek word hagnos. It describes something that is pure inside and out, completely uncontaminated, something that is impeccable behavior as opposed to unruly behavior. Then he says it is Peaceable from the Greek word erinikos, the word erine, which is the word for peace. The word nikos means to conquer. When you compound the two words together, it means when you're behaving in a right spirit, you project a peace conquering attitude. It is a dominating sense of peace as opposed to a strife filled attitude that steals peace. He says it is easy to be entreated, easy to be entreated. Pictures one that is reasonable or agreeable. But when you're in a spirit of strife, you're not reasonable and you're not agreeable. And in fact, he also says in James 3:17, it makes you to be gentle from the Greek word epiakos. The word epiakos means mild, gentle, one that is kind, one that is temperate, One that is calm, it denotes one whose character comforts, calms, softens, or even brings healing as opposed to one who demands his way or is easily angered. And then he says, it is without hypocrisy. Without hypocrisy in Greek means it is authentic, it is genuine, it is the opposite of something pretended, simulated, feigned, faked, or phony this is one that is authentic. And the RIV of James three seventeen is this. Wisdom that comes from a heavenly source is first of all recognizable because of its impeccable behavior. It comes with a dominating sense of peace and is characterized by mild, kind, temperate, calm, or gentle behavior that comforts, calms, softens, and brings healing to others. Real heavenly wisdom gets along easy with others and never demands its own way in an ugly and unreasonable manner. It is filled to the brim with so much compassion that it finds a way to be helpful in any way possible. Such wisdom does not practice favoritism. It is authentic and it is genuine. Well, this is quite a comparison of what comes from a low-level earthly realm and is demonic and what comes from a heavenly realm which brings healing. It is amazing. Even if you're in a moment where you are disagreeing with someone, you don't have to surrender to those demonic forces that want to take that disagreement and turn it into a battlefield. You can yield to the wisdom that comes from above and let the Holy Spirit work in you and bring healing to that situation. And if you find yourself in a moment when you say, I'm just going to get this out of my heart. I got to get this out of my mind. I've got to speak what I say, but you release words that are destructive. My friends, you are surrendering to a spirit that you don't want to surrender to. It's better for you to obey Proverbs 21:23, which says, if you'll keep your tongue, you'll deliver yourself from trouble. And Ecclesiastes 3, 7, which says there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. And if you have rage working in your heart, it's not the time to speak. Calm down. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you. And when finally there's a sense of peace dominating in your heart, then you can return to the conversation and it will be beneficial. Close the door to strife and do not surrender to strife, because strife has its origin in the demonic realm, according to James chapter three. I'll be back in just a moment,
0: and I want to pray for you. From time to time, strife tries to get into all our lives. Strife is an evil force that divides people, causes heartaches, and can even destroy relationships. Rick Renner says, years ago, Denise and I made a no strife policy in our lives and ministry, and it permanently shut the door to strife. And if you'll make the choice to have a no strife policy, that decision can permanently keep strife out of your life. In this practical and powerful series, Overcoming Strife, Rick teaches how to stop giving place to strife in your life, how to stop your tongue from speaking poisonous words, how strife in its basic form is demonic and destructive, how to follow after peace and obtain it, how to permanently avoid the fruit of bitterness and strife. You really can permanently shut the door to strife. In this powerful series, Rick will help you to know how to slam that door shut forever, and it will change your life. This five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. In addition, we're also offering you the book, You Can Get Over It. This 195-page hardback book is packed with solutions about how you can successfully deal with difficult people and how you can get over the hurts you've experienced in life along the way. You can recover. This book will show you how and it can be yours for just $15. Don't miss this special offer, the five-part series, Overcoming Strife, and the book You Can Get Over It. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
1: to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. many, many years ago, Denise and I made a decision that in our marriage, in our family, and in our ministry, we were going to have a no strife policy. That is one of the best decisions we ever made. We closed the door to strife, and strife does not have a place in our life, not in our family, not in our marriage, not in our organization, because we made a decision we would not allow a spirit of strife. We just would not allow it and it enabled us to overcome strife. Many people deal with issues of strife, and that's why I want you to order the series, which is called Overcoming Strife. It's a five-part series. This is a series you need to hear because everyone is tempted to get into strife every once in a while, and my friend strife has its origins in the demonic realm. You do not want to surrender to a spirit of strife. You need to overcome it. So order your series today and it comes with a study guide. And remember that right now we're also offering you my book, which is called, You Can Get Over It, How to Confront Forgiven. Move on. The back of the book says, no harbored offense is worth sabotaging your future. Did you hear that? No harbored offense is worth sabotaging your future. That's why you need to forgive and move on, and this book will help you know how to do that. But let me pray for you. Father, I am so thankful that we can close the door to strife. You tell us to give no place to the devil, and that means we can close every door, seal every crack, close every window, and stop him from finding entrance. We thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. And tomorrow we're going to see what to do if strife's already got in. How can you reverse this and get this strife out? It's going to be good. I'll see you tomorrow. But until then, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power.